Today we're going to talk, and last week we started a little bit talking about I believe. What is it that you believe? That's important. In VBI, we teach in, in Overcoming Faith, we talk about uh, the fact that faith is the same thing, or faith means believe. And it, and it, it goes to the real, the real core of who you are. What do you believe? Because the things that you really truly believe, you, you put yourself all in for. Whether that's, you know, uh, you're going to step out in faith, whether that means you're going to be, be obedient, whether that means well, what you're meditating, that's what you're speaking. I don't know if, you know, I mean, it's the beginning of the year, and many times as you go through these first couple weeks, God's given you a new word for the year. He's given you something to hang on to, something to begin to, to meditate and to speak. And, man, you're all in. You're doing it like every day. You're doing it when you wake up. You're writing it. That, that's, that's the thing that you're beginning really truly on the inside of you to believe. Now, you would say, well, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross. That he, I mean, that's, that's salvation. Do you believe everything else that's in the Word of God like you do the fact that you're saved? Because, you see, that's where the rubber meets the road. I can't talk you probably, and you've heard me say this before, I can't talk you out of your salvation. I can't tell you that you're not saved. I probably can't work around and say things to you that would make you go, huh, I wonder if I really am. But if I ask you, how do you know that you're saved, you're going to tell me, well, I just know that I am. I believe. My spirit bears witness like it says in the word with his spirit. Well, there's no concrete evidence. There's nothing that we touch. There's nothing that we hold. There's no badge like I've said before. Somebody didn't deliver the robe of righteousness the next day after you said the sinner's prayer to your house. But by faith, we put that thing on. We believe that it's true beyond a shadow of a doubt. So as we talked last week, I talked about the fact that I believe that God is faithful and that we will see him faithful, have seen him faithful, and will continue to see him faithful in our lives. The things that you believe are the things that you build your life on. They're the foundation. The decisions that you make, the direction that you go, the giving, the living, the standing, all of those things are based on what you believe in your heart is true. Is there, is there a stand and fight or is there a, fleer, a fear and flight? Are you going to, if you stand and fight for something that you believe, if you're not sure if you believe, you usually flee in flight in, in fear. Too many F's, man. It's like a tongue twister. You flee in fear. If you're not sure. Now, there's nothing wrong with being unsure about what you believe if you're finding out what that thing is. If you're faced with a situation and you're not sure what you're supposed to believe, it says in the word of God that we can ask and that he will give us wisdom. And then he'll give us the scripture. He'll give us the thing to stand on. He'll give us the word. And then when we have that thing, that's what I shared at the offering last week. When you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what God says, then you have to believe that. You don't get a second chance. You don't get a second opportunity. You've got to believe it right now and continue to believe that. It's one of those things that says, even if I go down with the ship, I'm going down with the ship believing that God will save me. I don't want to be the person who got all the way almost underwater and then said, okay, I give up, I give up, I give up, I'm, I'm bailing out. You know just as well as I do, and you've probably seen God come through in your life just like I have in mine at the last moment. I mean, I was already under, and there was one little blurb of oxygen left, and then his hand reached down, and because I didn't give up, because I believed that that was true, and I was going down regardless, he reached up and he pulls me up out of that place. Creflo Dollar said uh, this, this August when we were at Word Explosion, he said the responsibility to grow and increase in faith is up to each believer. And we're called believers because we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in him by faith. And we apply this word in our life by faith. And as you do so, like I read earlier about the word of God, it changes who you are. It metamorphosizes your life from the inside out. I would encourage you to, to, to get online, find those things that we've talked about the last four Wednesdays of the month, 
especially this one last Wednesday, we talked about the truth of the word of God and how important it is for each believer to know that. Last week, we talked about God being faithful. We said we can't waver, right? We have to stand firm. Don't waver between two opinions. If you begin to waver between two opinions, you are not truly believing what God said because you're giving an opportunity for the enemy. You're going back and forth. Write that thing down, begin to stand on it, begin to meditate it, begin to speak it, and that is who you are and what God told you, and that's the direction you're going, period, regardless. Endure hardship. There'll be things that come against you. There'll be things that come against me. There'll be things that come against you in this world. But that doesn't mean that God isn't able. We sing a song that says God is able, and he is able. No matter what you face, remain steadfast. And the last one is focus on Jesus. And I only bring those four things up, and most of you were here. But the only reason I bring those things up are because today we're going to talk about I believe that Jesus is the answer. You know, we've, it's been on banners. It's, I mean, it's right here. You can't miss it. I mean, uh, you know, Corey wanted to bring out the old banner, you know, that swung up here, you know, and it said Jesus is the answer. Well, it's Jesus is the answer here. If you call our, if you call our phone here and, and we're closed or we're not open or... You know, at times there's three, four lines full of people calling and talking, and you get the answering machine. The last thing that you hear Amy say is, and whatever your need, Jesus is the answer. That's always been on the answering machine since we've come here, 22 years. It's on Pastor Bill's cell phone, and when you call his cell phone, he says the exact same thing. Do you believe that Jesus is the answer? See, Peter got out of the boat because he said, bid me come, and Jesus said, well, then come. And he got out of the boat And he began to walk on the water as Jesus walked on the water. Don't feel like and don't think, don't allow the enemy to lie to you and say that you can't do the things that Jesus did in this earth. Because that's a lie. You can. But it's important that you focus on him. You can't just pick something out of the word of God and decide that's what you're going to do for Jesus. You can't just pick something that Jesus did and say, I want to do that. But as you're led by the Spirit of God, it says in his word that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and that you will go and do greater works than these. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water just like Jesus did. But when he says in the word of God, it says when he saw the waves boisterous, when he saw those things happening around him, which means he took his eyes off the direction he was going, he took his focus off of Jesus. He began to look around at the things and the reasons why he probably couldn't be walking on the water. I'm sure in his head now he goes like warp speed thinking about what in the world am I doing out here standing on the water. And how quickly did he begin to sink as he took his eyes off Jesus? But even as he began to sink, what did Jesus do? He reached out and pulled him back up. Then he began to teach him. He began to instruct him. Got back in the boat and went on. Jesus is the answer. You're in the midst of war in your life. There are things going on in your life. We're facing situations and circumstances in your life. And like Pastor Bill said, Pastor Pam, we've set up for years. And I mean, it's just getting darker. Every time I turn on the news, there's a new war. There's a new problem. There's a new earthquake, a new tsunami. There's, I mean, there's a new something every time I turn the TV on. It doesn't matter how pretty you make a speech from the Oval Office or from the, from the, the House of Congress. It doesn't matter how nice you make things sound. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what kind of plans man makes. The word of God says that the world will continue to get darker. And so in your world, you have to know what you believe, and you have to believe that Jesus is the answer. I mean, there's plenty of times I don't know the answer. I taught math for 13 years, and I taught pre-calculus and algebra 2. And so when I got to pre-calculus, I had some smart kids. And so my, my, my biggest thing was like, I, I, I don't want anybody to ask me a question that I don't know the answer for. Right? I mean, you're the teacher. 
You know, I mean, you, you, don't, want, you don't want somebody asking you a question, and you're going, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Because they'll feed on it. They're like sharks, man. That's blood in the water at that point, and you are toast. You might as well quit and go move to another county somewhere and teach somewhere else and hope that they don't find you on Facebook there because it'll still follow its way. So, uh, I mean, you have to be on your toes, and, and you have to be a, But I can't know everything. I had a teacher who taught it for years, and she helped me, and she talked to me, and she taught me things, and she told me things, and she said, when you get here, these are some of the questions that you can expect. And so that helped. See, doesn't the Word of God help us in those areas? When you get in places and you get in position where you're not sure what to do, the Word of God has answers. The Word of God says stuff, and I believe that all the answers that you have are, are in here. But how many times is it difficult for us to take where we are at the moment and go back to the Word and look up in the concordance, you know? Hey, we, oh, I don't, I don't know... But you have the Holy Spirit on the live on the inside of you, right? And so I began to learn as a teacher that when people would ask me questions that I didn't know, I began to learn, you know, as I, as I grew in that, to let, trust God. He knows math, too. I didn't just have to turn it on here in church. I didn't just have to run here and say, God, I, got, I need a little help. In my classroom at school, I could be quiet as they were talking to me, and I could begin to pray in the Spirit kind of under my breath real quietly and just begin to walk around and talk and ask a few questions and allow God to speak to me, whatever that answer was. And you know what? When I would do that, he would speak to me because Jesus is the answer. And he cares about you, not just in the setting of church, not just in the setting of your spiritual relationship with him, but in the thing that he's called you to, he cares about you. And so he gives you an ability to be an expert in all of those areas and all those fields. It was the places where I started spouting off my own crazy stuff. Because then you turn that on them too every now and then. Every now and then they get a little mouthy, so you have to prove you're smarter than them. That's usually where I fell flat on my face. And things didn't work out. But see, you face a real enemy, and those kids weren't my enemy. The devil is our enemy. And it says in his word, right, in John 10, 10, it says in the word that he, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He does not like you and he wants, but see, Jesus came to what? Give us life and life more abundantly. Jesus is the answer. Whatever you face today, Jesus is the answer. I know that doesn't necessarily seem like that's a real comforting word to you. If you face a situation where you don't have money or you face a situation in your health where you don't have something and you need to see God move, if you face a situation in a relationship with a family member or a husband or a wife, and see, when you face those kind of situations, I, I, Jesus is the answer. But see, if you believe that Jesus is the answer, that's comforting. If you know that he is the answer, that's comforting. But if you don't know, that's <laughs> completely blood-curdling. No, 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 no. I need a check. No, 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 no. See, I'm sick. They said I was going to die. Jesus is the answer. If you'll allow him to be everything in your life, he'll begin to work those things right out of you. He'll begin to change those things that you face. We all face the same enemy, but he is defeated, right? Colossians 2.15. He was disarmed. It says that in that scripture, it says that, God, that Jesus disarmed him. Basically took off his arms, took off his legs. He's sitting there as a stump, as Pastor Billy used to say. So what could he do? Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. And now that same victory that he won there, he gives to us so that we can say and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that... Jesus is the answer. Not as he just faithful, not as he just somebody who will come through for you, but in those moments where you don't know what to do, in those moments where you're not sure where to turn, you can turn to Jesus because he is the answer. 
And I believe that in the world that we live in today, you're going to have to have a firm foundation that he is the answer. As Pastor Bill continues to speak, and he shared a little bit at the end of the month in December, this thing is falling apart all around us. The, the world is falling apart. Financially, it may look like things are getting better, but I'm only telling you now, this, this is the truth. They are not getting better. They will only get worse. But for the believer, that's us. We know that Jesus is the answer. It will get better. And we will be the light that shines brightest in the darkest world. But if you're wavering between two opinions, if you're not sure that this is absolutely true and correct, so that puts you in the place where, blow out the light. And that's all the enemy's wanting to do. Divert your focus, divert your attention to the point where it goes back and forth a little bit, and then he can just leave you there in limbo. It says that he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He may not wipe you out today, but he'll just leave you in limbo. How many of you know that we've been in places, probably I have, where I've been in such turmoil in my mind going back and forth between a couple different things that it would have been just better off if he just would have taken me out. Because living in that place on the inside of you is, is, is absolute misery. And the devil knows that. Your life begins to fall apart. You're in a battle for your life every day, just like I am. And so I, I, just, I just felt like God said, share, share what we believe. Share the truth. The truth is that God is faithful and that Jesus is the answer. We don't have the answer. I mean, if we have, now we have, we know the answer is Jesus, but in the inside of you, in your own natural mind, you don't have the answer. I think we become smart after a while and we, and we kind of, have you ever rested on your spiritual laurels, so to speak? You get to the point where it's kind of like, yeah, 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 I'm good. I come to church and I praise and I, I know the scripture that I meditate so I can get past my sister because she drives me nuts. Not you, but you know, I mean, I'm talking about somebody else. You know, I know the scripture to pray, and I know the thing to do if I, you know, finances are getting tight. I know to get, you know, you just kind of go through this thing where it's kind of like, yeah, we're just Christians. This is kind of what we do, and this is who we are. But it says in James 1, 5, if any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask. Let him ask of God. And it says God gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, this is important because that tells me that I'm not going to know everything, and I don't have all the answers. If he has told me and asked me that I'm supposed to go before him in moments where I'm not sure and that I can ask and he can tell me, that means there are going to be moments where I'm not sure. It means I'm going to face things in this life that I don't know the answer to. I'm going to be in situations with people where God's going to be calling on me to speak a word, to say something, to do something, to act, and I am not going to know in my natural mind what to do. There is nothing wrong with being quiet for a moment and letting God speak to you. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, God, I don't have a clue. Pastor Pam said, you know, she shared her testimony in the last couple months, and she's talked a little bit about the fact that she would run back into her bathroom and begin to pray in the Spirit and ask God. When those medical students came to her and wanted her to, to lead their Bible study, how many of you know when you have Paul Osteen, Joel Osteen's brother, in your Bible study, that might be a moment where you might not know everything. You don't know as much as the guy sitting in the room whose dad is running that church down there in Houston. But if God says it's you, then you have the ability to be the right person in the right place with the right word if you know that Jesus is the answer. And you may say, you know what, I've been saying that forever. I've been saying it forever and I haven't seen anything happen. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. If you look in verse 6 and 8, this is another opportunity for us to see what it's like to waver. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave tossed and driven by the sea and by the wind. 
Not asking in doubt. Not saying, you know what, God? Yeah, if you could figure something out, man, I would really surely like it because, you know what, I'm drowning here. That's probably not the way to ask. Right? That's not faith. That's not believing. That's doubt. It goes on in the next verse in 7. It says, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded and he's unstable in all of his ways. Don't be double-minded. It goes back to that unwavering thing. You don't know how important. I don't think we realize many times just how, how vital and how crucial that is for us to know that the truth and the foundation is that Jesus is the answer and that God is faithful, that he is not going to leave me or forsake me and that he will show up on my behalf. He will speak to me by the Holy Spirit. He will give me the thing to meditate and to speak. He will show me the thing that I'm supposed to do. He will open up a door that no man has opened. See, and he will close the door that every man has opened. He'll shut that thing right there in your face, and you will not be able to go that direction. No matter how much on the inside of you, you think, well, I, I, you know, that makes all the sense in the world. Everybody's told me that makes the most sense in the world. But to God, how many of you found out? It doesn't always make sense to your noggin. It says so. I mean, it says, it says that in the Word of God. If you go back and you look in, in, in Romans in chapter, chapter 8, it talks about the, the, the difference between the flesh and the difference between the spirit and how important it is that we're supposed to walk in the spirit because the things of your natural mind, it says they're at enmity with God. That means they're battling against the things of the spirit. And so if you're trying to figure out in your natural mind the way that God did it this time even, see how many of us go back to that thing? Well, God always did it this way. Well, maybe God's going to do a new thing. Maybe God's going to do it a new way in your life. Maybe God's going to open up a different door. Maybe you are, you are so gifted at this direction in this place that God says, you know what, if you get over there and if that door opens and you head that direction, it will become all you and not me. And I need it to be all me and not you. And so I'm going to open up this new door for you that puts you in a place where even you don't even know what to do. Why? So that you can rest and rely on him, not on you. How uncomfortable is that? Uh, how awesome is it to be in a place where I don't even have a clue as to what I'm supposed to do every day? But how exciting is that when God comes through? How exciting is that when you wake up in the morning and you begin to pray, God, I don't have a clue. I mean, if you open the door, I will walk. I mean, I will do it, but I don't have a clue as to what I'm supposed to do when you do that. But I believe that you're faithful. And I believe that you, Jesus, you are the answer. And if you're going to lead me that way and you're going to take me in that place, then surely, because your ways are higher than my ways, because your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, I'm going to tap into those places spiritually in my life. See, that's, what, that's how important it is to, to, to advance in your day, spending time with him. That's, that's how important it is to advance in your day, spending time in the word, spending time in the spirit. Praising him, not with the laundry list of God, if you could just do these four things for me today, with that, that, with that list that comes before him and says, you know what, this list says one thing, you're the answer and I need an answer. And I need you to show me. And I know you've been faithful and you will be faithful. Every day is a new day, Lord, and I think that your mercies are new every morning. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to follow you and something is about to change in my life. See, do you, do you approach every day with that idea that says expect a miracle today? Expect a miracle. Expect great things in your life. You're worth it. You're worth it. Each and every one of you are, are a child of God, the apple of his eye, and you are worth him doing great things. I try to tell these young people when they're 20 years old, if you can live for God with abandon at this age, it is, it is, I mean, there is nothing that's going to stop you. If you look at the world today, there are people who have gone after their dreams and people who have given everything up for their dream. 
Steve Jobs, he's the guy from Apple. And back in the day, he was with the guy from Microsoft, Bill Gates. But he wanted to do things a different way. And so Bill Gates went one direction and Steve Jobs went the other, right? Thanks. I mean, you got to tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, that's all right. It's pretty close to the right story, isn't it? It's going to sound good in the end, so just, just nod. But see, you have a dream that may be different than somebody else's. God may have a direction for you that's different than somebody else's. He may have an answer for you that's different than the answer he had for your brother or your sister or your wife or your husband. See, he might have a different direction in a different way for you. And this guy went that way. He went after his thing. And for a long time, his computers were cute and they were fun and they were quirky, but they didn't work with anything and not very many people used them. But now the world has changed. And how many of you know there might be days where you're still going about toiling in your garage trying to figure this thing out while somebody else is doing what you used to do and they're seeing a lot of success in it. If you were going to try to follow their plan their way, you won't have the same success. I don't care how foolproof it is. You have to follow God's plan his way. You have to know that he is the firm foundation that you stand on. He is the rock that you build your life upon and that he is faithful and he is the answer. And if you will go after that thing, he will begin to take your garage door and open it up and bring you into the place that he has for you. Apple is now the number one, the number one manufacturer of technological things in the world, surpassing IBM. I, 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 I don't even have, a, I don't even, well, the only PC I have is on my desk in the office. And it's only because it works with our system here. Everything I have has an Apple on it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it works. It never stops. And they told me it was cool. That's why I got my first iPod five years ago when Elizabeth and I were youth pastors. I told her, I said, honey, I, we're going to we're gonna have to step out in faith and buy an iPod. What? I'm just telling you, I don't know how to use one. But all these little people that were hanging around, they all got one. So I got to get one and we'll figure it out as we go. So we sacrificed and we saved and we scrimped and, you know, we bought one. Well, now eight iPhones later, See, if you'll just stick with your dream, allow God to do something, let him be the answer in your life, he'll make a way. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all of them. The Holy Spirit is given to us right in John 14, 26. It says that he is here to tell you the things, to bring back to your remembrance the things that Jesus has spoken, the things that are in the word, the things that he's spoken to you by, your, by, your, by his spirit. As you're sitting in those places, you write those things down, and then you're in a tough situation, and all of a sudden you say, God, what am I supposed to do? And he begins to speak that thing to you. See, that's John 14, 26. It says he's here to teach you all things, to bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you, not just what's in the word of God. Maybe it's a scripture that day. But maybe it's the thing that he's been dealing with you about and you're trying to get away from. And then you say, God, what is the answer? And he brings you back to that place. John 16, 33 says that the Holy Spirit will tell you things what? To come. He's the answer. Do you believe that he's the answer in your situation? Well, I haven't seen it yet. Keep standing. Don't give up. Don't give in. That puts you in a bad place. The answer is always found in Jesus. And let me tell you, if you understand this, if you get a true revelation of what this means, it'll become a relief to you in your life. Because at that point, you will not have to worry ever again. Worry can go out the window. And, and in our life, you know, when we were kids, and I, I'm sure there were opportunities for my mom to worry. There were, there were opportunities to worry because we were little kids and we didn't have stuff and we told her. We reminded her of the things we didn't have. We reminded her of the things that we needed. We reminded her of all those, that stuff. 
So she had opportunities to worry. I'm sure she had opportunities to think about clothes and food and all the things that it says in Matthew in chapter 6, right? 31, 32, 33 in there, where it says, don't, don't worry. Do I not clothe the birds of the air? Do I not feed them? Do I not take care of them? How much more are you important to me than those birds, just birds in the air? How much will I take care of you if you will what? Not worry, but do what? Seek first the kingdom of God. What did she do? She stayed up late every night and played the piano. I mean, that, that is, you, you got to realize if, if you're in your life, you know, I get, I get a little, a little, not tired, but I, I do get a little somewhat bothered. P- people are telling me all the things they can. Well, I can't do this and I can't do this. Hey, do what God told you to do and shut up. I mean, really? I mean, is that Pastor Bill? Okay. All right. You know, I mean, I just, woo, good for me. That's good stuff. I want to be like him. So it's coming out already, but I'm just telling you, quit worrying about all the things you can't do. Good night. I know it was another age, but we got an ice cream cone on Fridays and we got to play at the aerobics center, which was like the gym. We got to shoot a few hoops and get a bas- get an ice cream cone. And that was a big deal. Woo. And you know what? I wouldn't trade the digging in the trash for coins and all that other stuff. If I had to trade what we learned by living by faith. If, we, if I had to trade what we learned and what she learned and what she taught us and what God showed us about him being faithful and about him being the answer, if I had to trade all of that stuff for like a, some new shoes, see, if I had to trade all of that stuff for an ability to go out and do things like other people and wear the same clothes as other people, do, I mean, if I had to trade all of that for this, where would I be today? Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about what you can't do. Worry about what he's given you and what he can do through you. And if we begin to do that, I'm telling you, he will explode your house and he will change everything about you. And I'm just telling you, there's a reason we're talking about him being faithful. There's a reason we're talking about him being the answer. There's a reason that we're talking about he is love. There's a reason that we're talking about he is a big God because he's about to do big things and great things in your life and in this church. But you're going to have to know who he is. You're going to have to know what you believe because you don't, you don't get an extra opportunity. You may not get an extra chance. You, 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 may, you may not get that thing that says, well, this time I'm just going to take a pass. I'm just going to do it my way. Well, that may be the last way. You got to be careful. You don't want to be in the flesh. If you get into the flesh, you open up the door to the enemy in your life. What do you need? Is it healing? In, math, in Mark, in chapter 5, it's the story of the lady with the issue of blood. It said she has gone everywhere and spent all of her money and she has done. See, what you think you need to do. And you try and take, how come is, you know, we're not any different than people in the Bible. See, we, we try everything that we know to do. We try all the things and all the theories and all, we spend all the money and we go after all the stuff that everybody has told us is the answer and this is the way. And when we finally get to a point where we're on the last knot of the rope, then we turn to God. She, this is a lady who has given everything in her life. It's taken her to the end of her life. The sickness has, but also it's de- de- depleted all of her finances and all of her stuff. It says she's gone after and looked after people who had answers. She spent money. It did all of those things. She went everywhere, but then all of a sudden she had the idea, sparked on the inside of her. If I could just get to Jesus, I don't need to spend an hour with him. I don't need to have him teach me. I don't have to have him lay hands on me. If I could just get to his robe, if I could just touch his garment, I know that I will be made healed or I will be made whole. I know that he is what? The answer. She was in a situation in her life where she needed the answer because she was about to die. She had, she had done everything she knew to do. But then something on the inside of her sparked. Where are you today? See, have you gone through that thing? Have you done everything you know to do? Then turn to Jesus. He's the answer.
open up your heart to Jesus. That doesn't make any sense. I did it last time. Well, where'd that get you? You know, if that didn't make sense for you last time and you did something else, where'd that get you? Yeah, but he always tells me the same thing. Have you done that? See, that's, that's Pastor Bill too, right? What's the Word of God say? What's the Holy Spirit doing? What's he saying? Are you saying all this? You done that? Nope. Well, then come back when you do. And if you do, you probably won't have to come back. It's the way it works. Is it forgiveness in your life? The woman caught in the midst of adultery. They were ready to stone her. They were ready to kill her. And in the wisdom that Jesus always showed on this earth, he began to do his thing and he began to stand up and he said, if anybody doesn't have any sin in their life, you know, if you guys are all good, ready to go, I guess you just throw a rock at her. I mean, if you're that good, if any of you don't have sin, throw your rocks. And then one by one, they all dropped their rocks and they all walked away. And Jesus said to the lady, hey, where are all your accusers? Looked around and she said, I don't see any. And he said, neither do I. See, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and don't sin again. There's forgiveness because Jesus is the answer. You may think you've done something that nobody else could forgive. You may think that you've been in a place that, you know what, the whole world has turned against you and told you that you're terrible, that it's the worst thing that could ever be done. Eh, that's not the truth. God is faithful to forgive us of his sins, it says so in 1 John, and he is the answer. And so in the place where you are, if you'll begin to, see, if you begin to mentally get in that place, begin to pour into it, he'll begin to show you. You say, I'm so messed up in my mind, I don't even know what to think. Well, there was a tormented guy in Mark also in chapter 5. He was possessed and all of those issues and had the legion of demons and all of those things. But if you read the end, it says, so those who fed the swine, they fled and they told in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it had happened because the next verse is really where it starts getting interesting. They came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and who had had the legion, who had had a problem in his head, who couldn't think straight and couldn't figure things out, was out of control. And see, I mean, I'm explaining half of the people that you see probably in your day. You know, and these people are just like, they're so messed up and they don't have any direction. I'm explaining people who come to church too. But it says that they saw him after Jesus came and after Jesus spoke and after Jesus brought the answer into this man's life. It says they saw him sitting clothed and in his what? His right mind. Now they all freaked out. The power of God is real. Jesus came into this earth to fulfill all, all of the promises of God. In him, it says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or chapter 1, in him, all the promises of God are yes and amen. In John 14, 6, it says, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and that there's no other way to the Father except through him. How can we then turn around and say that there's another way into the thing that he's called us to do? It, the only way into the thing that he's called you to do, the thing he's called you to be, the promises that he's had for you, is through Jesus, because he is the answer. It. If he is the only way to, if he is the only way to the Father, how can there be another way to the thing that the Father has for you? It doesn't make sense. It can't be. Because that would that would be two things that are opposite of each other. And it says that God's not a guy that's going to lie, and it says that you can't be double-minded. And God isn't. Now, if you try to reason out the things that God's speaking, you can kind of try to make God be that way, but He's not. He may just be taking you in a different direction at the moment. You have to be able to trust God. Jesus came into this earth and he was everything. It said he, all of the promises of God are in him, yes and amen. I saw this video somewhere around Christmas, I think. Pastor Pam sent it to me and I wanted to, to play it. And it's a little bit long. It's like four minutes. 
This is a young man who, who's at a Christmas service, and he starts talking about it. And I love my Bible. I've got one of these new, I got one of these new life, new spirit-filled life study Bibles. And it's a great Bible. Every, cha- every book of the Bible in the beginning says this is who Jesus was. This is how he was revealed in this book. Jesus was from the very beginning of Genesis all the way through Revelation. He was talked about, prophesied about, and he is in each of these books. Well, how do I know that? Study them. <laughs> Read them. You don't need to know what's going on CSI. Miami or Las Vegas. Find out what God's doing in here. If you've got problems with what God's doing in your life and you haven't spent any time in the Word of God, turn the TV off and get into the Word. Well, that's not fun. I don't want to do that. Well, suck it up. Do you want, do you want, do you want the answer? See, I've got, I got kids that will do everything for an answer. You know, when we're in school, they'll do anything for an answer. They'll cheat. I mean, they'll, do, they'll lie. They'll steal. They'll do everything. They'll, they'll sacrifice like their whole academic career to get the answer. Is the body of Christ like that in our life? Listen to this kid and what he talks about and what he says. It's pretty amazing. In the end, it's really good. In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he is our loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. Jeremiah, he is our righteous branch. In Lamentations, he is our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in life's fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he is our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist crying, Revive thy works in the midst of the years. Zephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain opened up at the house of David for sin and uncleanliness. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man, feeling what you feel. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the savior of the world. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the rock, followed his earth. In 2 Corinthians, he is the triumphant one, giving victory. In Galatians, he is your liberty. He set you free. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your completeness. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is your hope. In 1 Timothy, he is your faith. In 2 Timothy, he is your stability. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Titus, he is truth. In Hebrews, he is your perfection. In James, he is the power behind your faith. In 1 Peter, he is your example. In 2 Peter, he is your purity. In 1 John, he is your life. In 2 John, he is your pattern. In 3 John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. 
In Revelation, he is your coming king. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and he's pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him. And the leaders can't ignore him. Hair couldn't kill him. Pharisees couldn't confuse him. The people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The New Age can't replace him. And Oprah can't explain him away. He is life, love, longevity, and more. He is goodness, yeah. kindness, gentleness, and God. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging, and his mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord, and he rules my life. Yeah, stand up with us today. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.